Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So glad you joined me this week. My guest this week, you might know him as Darren Young from WWE and the Nexus and in the Primetime Players. He's now known under his real name, Fred Rosser, Mr. No Days Off. Fred competes for New Japan Pro Wrestling, primarily on its New Japan Strong Show based in the U.S. and streaming on New Japan World. New Japan has a pair of shows on Thursday, October 27th and Friday night, October 28th at the Palladium in Times Square in New York City. It's very cool to see a wrestler such as him bet on themselves and win so convincingly in their career. So here we go with my interview with Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser. So honored to be joined today by the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, Mr. No Days Off himself, Fred Rosser. Fred, welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversation. So good to have you. Mr. No Days Off is in the house. I always say, don't die with the story and you tell it. So there's 7 billion plus people on this planet. So however I can share my story with the masses, I'm going to do it, especially as a strong Openweight Champion, baby. All right. Very nice. Nice, nice that you brought it with you here today, too. So thank you for that. Um, first off, I'll start off on uh, June 14th, 2021. Uh, you retweeted something of mine that I was happy to see. Uh, I was so happy to see your success. You had shared the news that you had signed with New Japan. And I just tweeted real quick that you, you know, I put bet on himself and picked up the victory. What are you proudest of thus far with your run with New Japan and of your run outside of WWE? You know, for me, winning the strong openweight champion, it's my first major title uh besides winning the wwe tag team titles and i think in any industry everyone remembers their first this to me is like winning an emmy or a grammy it's my first and new japan strong has you know been my home i've been the heart and soul of new japan strong and they've given me an opportunity being an african-american uh gay man and they put me on the marquee uh, before WWE, and I'm very, very grateful. I'm grateful for my experiences with WWE, but I'm truly, truly grateful for my experiences with New Japan. Um, I'm more me when I'm in a New Japan strong ring. Very interesting. And you'll, you'll be performing. Uh, New Japan's going to be at the Palladium in New York City on uh, Thursday, October 27th, and Friday, October 28th. Do these cards mean a little bit more to you to get in there as somebody, I believe, is from uh, New Jersey? You know, uh, if I can backtrack my story, my, sure. my journey with New Japan started uh, really September of 2019. I ran into a show, uh, ran into a friend with Lance Hoyt and he, he was with New Japan and I asked him, you know, I always had dreams and aspirations of doing New Japan. What is it going to take? And he had invited me to a show at the Globe Theater uh, November of 2019. I watched the show from beginning to end, a New Japan show. And I said to myself, can I hang with these guys? Can I hang with these guys from beginning to end? And after it was all said and done, I said, man, I can hang with New Japan. I can help elevate these guys. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, right before the pandemic hit, I was in New York doing an off-Broadway musical. So I was busy doing that uh, when I wasn't wrestling right before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit. And then soon after, New Japan reached out to me uh, about working together. And then the rest was history. So for me, being back in New York at the Palladium, it's a first for me since the pandemic. So uh, hardly home, but always rep in. I'm from New Jersey originally, but New York is really a second home to me. So I'm glad to be back there. I'm glad to be uh, amongst some of the most talented 
uh, wrestlers in the world, and I'm just trying to keep up with them. That's great. Now, now I need to backtrack a little bit, though. So you uh, you did some musical theater. Is that is that did I hear that right? What, what's yeah. happened? Like, had you yeah. done that before? Yeah, you know, I always say my social media uh, is an open diary to the world. Anything I ever post always comes from the heart with the intent to inspire, motivate, and educate the masses. So on top of the wrestling, I work with an agency uh, that helps get me bookings uh, that are non-wrestling related. And when I was offered this musical role, it was an off-Broadway musical about marriage equality called Fire Island. And I wouldn't have taken the role five years ago, but Chris Jericho was actually a big inspiration for me doing it because of all the stuff he does. He's done Dancing with the Stars. He's got Fozzy. He's got this and that. He's involved in so many projects. So when I was offered this off-Broadway musical right before the pandemic, like literally uh, Valentine's of 2020 uh, is when I was doing this musical. Um, when they offered me the spot, I said, yes, why not give it a shot? Uh, you know, time isn't on our side. Time doesn't like us. I'll be 39 November 2nd. So I've got to do stuff now. And I've and it was the hardest thing doing the musical because I was singing and dancing, which I had zero experience. It was a reality TV project where it was theater and reality TV. A lot of it was just um, just freestyle. So it was very, very, very tough to learn how to sing and dance in a matter of a few months. But it was the best decision I've ever made because it made me a better performer and all that other goodness. Well, congratulations on that. I gotta I gotta check that out now because I, I did not know any of that. So that's that's uh that's tremendous. Um so a company with a, a rich uh, 50 year tradition like New Japan, such the, the, the deep, the, the purest culture, as they call it, you know, how do, how do you expand that into the American wrestling scene? And, and what's it kind of been like for you to be a part of that? Well, when New Japan called me up about being a part of the team, this was during the pandemic when we didn't have an audience. And for me, it was pretty easy to uh, work the cameras because my issue Every time I hit the ring, my issues between my opponent and myself and working the cameras and giving the people the best, best show, best television show possible, whether they're watching me on the big screen on TV or whether it's on social media. I want people to see me who might identify with me and really say to themselves, well, if he can do it, so can I. And nothing, nothing has really changed in my style. I'm just a little bit more rougher. Uh, what you see is what you get. It's nothing pretty. It's nothing fancy, but it gets results uh, when you see me perform. So uh, New York City is going to be a place where I can't wait to let loose. I don't have a challenger for the strong openweight champion. So it's open. Anyone from AEW, Impact, WWE, for me, I'm a fighting champion. And I plan on being a fighting champion for a very long time. But sorry, when I do these interviews, I kind of get off track. So you have to help me get back on track anytime uh, we're live here. Well, that's what I'm here for. So, and we're, and we're not live. This is going to be recorded, so uh, we can always uh, we can always get out back any awkwardness that we have. But uh, we we won't have too much of that. So hey, hey, cool. hey, hey! For me, life ain't no rehearsal. The camera is yeah. always rolling. So, uh, one take. so I got to Yeah, one take. I'm like Bob Backlund. When I was with Bob Backlund, uh, he's a one take kind of guy. He's old school. We we don't we never rehearsed a lot. 
Bob Backlund and I. What you saw was what you got with us. So, yeah. How did just completely off track? But how, how did you like working with him? That was a that was a unique time in your career. You know, tag teams don't last forever, and I knew uh, sooner or later Titus and I would be broken up. So you got to have ideas and. Um, I had done several autograph signings with Bob Backlund uh, for Special Olympics and the uh, Be A Star anti-bullying campaign. And every time he does his autograph signings, he, he does them standing up. And so do I. So there was a point in my career when I was doing the signing with him. And I'm looking over at Bob and I said to myself, man, he's energetic. I'm energetic. I love to. And at the time, WWE wasn't heavy into managers, but I said mm -hmm. to myself, I'd love to have him as like my, not my manager, but something like my life coach. And it was really my idea. And I've said it in many interviews because a lot of guys think that it was just given to me. It was actually right. my idea. And I wrote it out and had visuals. I actually kind of uh, mirrored uh, the idea from Mike Tyson and his former trainer, Cusimato, because they're like strange bedfellows. They, yeah. uh, but Mike was very, very locked into his trainer, Cusimato. So that's what I did. I took the ideas. I proposed it to Vincent Mann. And I always say the most intimidating thing about Vincent Mann is his office door at the time. Uh, once you get through the office door, the sky's the limit. So I proposed the idea to him. He loved it. He called up Bob Backlund personally. I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. We were sitting for about 20 minutes in his office talking about yoga because he was asking me, hey, Darren, how do you get such a big barrel chest like that? I said, yoga. Uh, he's like, really? And we talked for almost 20 minutes about yoga, about how it fixes your posture. I don't know if he's ever gotten into yoga. I think he's big into the weights. But me, like the yoga, especially with all the wrestling we do it kind of fixes everything again once it's all said and done for me i don't want to be hunchback and walking with the lamp so you so you've got to take care of your body and that's something i always stress when i uh coach take care of your body because your body's what makes your money so yeah i pros i had proposed the idea to vince and he loved it and we were rocking and rolling with that yeah, and the last time I did see Bob Backlund in person was at a wrestling show. It was February of 2020, right before the pandemic, and he was doing a headstand in the <laughs> ring. So I'm guessing like his flexibility is okay. He's he's still in pretty awesome shape for uh, for 70 whatever years old he is now. So yeah, he's in his mid 70s and he can still go. Uh, he's a bucket list match of mine still. I would love for him to come to New Japan uh, one Ooh. one time and have an ex and have an exhibition match with me. I think that would be epic. Well, he doesn't live too far away from New York City, so maybe it's got a shot if we get him on the if we get him on the phone. So, what what do you, what do you think fans can expect uh, from uh, the New Japan Strong Show and the guys from that show that'll be on uh, these cards in New York City? Well, you know, you're gonna have a plethora of the best talent in the world: Jay White, myself, Filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, Again, I don't have an opponent, so I'm still waiting for who's going to show up. And I don't think the fans in attendance will be disappointed. Uh, I'm glad to be back in New York. I hope it's not the last time for us. I consider I consider New Japan strong, uh, like NXT, you know, and it's my baby. And I want to see it succeed, especially in New York. So. A lot of surprises. Minoru Suzuki, who's very scary in the ring, who yeah. I've shared the ring with, uh, and I gave it to him. I gave it to Minoru Suzuki like no other person has. 
So, you know, you just can't miss it. You just can't miss it at the Palladium. Uh, there's two nights that we're doing, which is incredible. Like one night's not good enough. We've got to do two nights and hopefully in 2023, we can do more nights like this. Definitely. And who would you like to get in the ring with in New Japan who you haven't faced yet? Because there's been a lot of, uh, there were some travel limitations between the two sides for, for a while. Yeah. Number one is Shango. Shango, the way he moves in the ring, he's explosive. He's one guy I love to share the ring with. I've teamed with Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'd love to share the ring with him one-on-one. Someone that I'd like to share the ring with that is part of New Japan, uh, but he's the heart and soul of AEW. It is John Moxley. Uh, I'd love to share the ring with him, and he's a guy that can go, I feel like, I'm a guy that can go on paper. You might say to yourself, okay, mm, let's check it out. But I can guarantee you, I bet my life on the line that we would rock the house. So John Moxley, I got to put it out there. He's a bucket list uh, of, of mine that I want to compete against. Also, Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is a, such a powerhouse, uh, powerhouse of a guy. Um, again, I still have a lot left in the tank. I still have a lot left to offer to this injury. I mean, I still have a lot left to offer to this industry, not injury, industry. So uh, I'm open to all challengers and you're only as good as your last match. So I've got to keep on having the best, the best matches possible with the talent uh, with New Japan Strong. You mentioned before New Japan kind of being a destination for you when you when you kind of experienced it at the Globe Theater from with Lance Archer. Um, when were you first kind of aware of New Japan? And, and also just what have you kind of learned about the company being in it? You know, uh, I've watched it my whole life, but I was always intimidated in the strong style. I didn't think I could keep up with these guys because when you watch the rich history of New Japan, it's, it's, it's fighting spirit like no other. Yep. And that's when going to the Globe Theater in September of 2019, I needed to be there. The show started at 7 p.m. And I was there at 5 p.m. But I was there at 5 p.m. because I'm still a student of the game. I wanted to be able to feel the ring. The ring is different than WWE. I wanted to feel the ambiance of the Globe Theater. You know, I wanted to, to see if I could hang. And like I said, when it was all said and done, I said, man, I can hang with these guys. And for me, what's, what has gotten me this far is I study and I pray and I study and I pray and I study and I pray. That's what's gotten me this far. So I just got to keep doing that. You know, all that has got me this far with the strong openweight champion championship. Uh, I can't stop now. It's funny, too, because I, I, I don't think you would have been somebody that I would have thought of immediately for like, okay, somebody who was in WWE who could fit in New Japan. But the more you think about it, like you've got a pretty big gas tank. Like you can go in the ring, (laughs) cardio, like few others. You you have a believable hard hitting style. So why the heck? And you have a good look. So, and you know, in Japan too, they like, you know, big, larger than life characters so it's like but the interesting is the thing is too and this was actually the next note on my notes was just i don't think you have not actually yet worked in japan for new japan so is that kind of a bucket uh next for uh fred rosser listen i say it all the time don't let your dreams just be dreams 
Uh, I still haven't wrestled in Japan. I've wrestled all over the world. It's funny, when I was with WWE for almost 10 years, uh, I toured everywhere except for Japan because either I was on a different tour that at the time or not on tour at all. So again, don't let your dreams just be dreams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it happens and it's gonna happen. It's just only a matter of time. Uh, 2023, we'll see. We'll see about it. Uh, never say never, but I think it's going to happen. My my vote would be for January fourth in the Tokyo Dome myself. If I oh, if I goodness. had to pick, <laughs> uh, that'd be it. It would be a first for me. So as long as I stay healthy and keep my head down and keep going to work, living that no days off lifestyle of constant constant grind and struggle and the way of life, um, I think I'll be okay. You mentioned that you're you don't think that your style changed too much in the in the switch from WWE to New Japan. Did, did it change in any ways? You know, uh, with New Japan, I have the freedom to be creative. I have the freedom to tell stories. Um, with WWE, a lot of the stuff was a sprint in the ring, and I don't want to um, let the cat out of the bag, but it's already out. Uh, WWE, everything is very fast. Go, 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 go. With New Japan, I've been able to have patience in the ring, patience in the ring. Uh, persona, uh, uh, you know, letting out that strong style spirit like no other. Um, so nothing's really changed for me. You know, I'm a big fan of Stan Hansen and how rugged he was. So, you know, again, I, I'm like a magician. I don't want to give away my secrets, but I envision myself as a black Randy Orton walking to the ring, getting into the ring, very slow and methodical. Stan Hansen, how he is kind of very unpredictable. He'll headbutt you, he'll kick you, he'll throw you out of the ring. He's very unorthodox. So Tom Hanks said it the best, you're dope, D-O-P-E. You're dope if you don't steal from the great. So, and again, I don't steal what they do, but I steal the intent what would the undertaker do what would randy orton do what would the great muda do some of my favorites that i just mentioned what would they do in certain situations muda when he get, comes to the ring he's very slow and methodical you know he gets into the ring and then he has that big burst of energy you know so it's not what you do it's how you do it again i don't want to give away my secrets that's for that's for coaching but that's that's how my mind works it's good to get kind of that inside look. And you're actually the second wrestler in the last month to mention to me that they studied Stan Hansen. The other being uh, Raquel Rodriguez uh, from SmackDown had mentioned the same thing when I was asking her about her influences. Immediately she went to Stan Hansen. I was like, "Does he have you have you ever had any interactions with Stan Hansen yet? No, I've, I've never had any interactions with him. But I study him because he's he's believable. And for me, I knew I know I'm doing my job when. Uh, my casual friends that look on my social media and they watch what I'm doing, they'll text me or they'll DM me and they'll ask me, are you okay? Uh, that guy, Tom Lawler, he ate your hair. Like, that's kind of disgusting. Like, and for me, I sit back and I, and I know I've done my job, you know, we've done our job, you know, believability is so important. You know, the cat's out the bag when it comes to sports entertainment and wrestling, but believability is so important. You know, it's not ballet. And when people ask me, uh, is it fake? I say it's real enough to have caused three surgeries. So never use the F word with me. Yeah. Gravity's legit. So yeah, that's for sure. Yes. Um, yes. 
I want to go back to some things in uh, your past in WWE. For a while, when you said the letters NXT to a wrestling fan, you kind of got a warm and fuzzy reaction. You, however, <laughs> were part of a very different NXT product, one that was the mix of a reality show and a wrestling show and kind of Survivor. What was it part? What was it like to be part of that first NXT and be part of that first group going through that? You see my reaction? Shaking your head. I hated it. I hated it. I did an interview yesterday. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I always say if I want to, if I wanted to do American Gladiator or American Ninja Warrior, I would have done it. Uh, with it being a reality show and if you're having me juggle, I can't juggle. So the fans watching someone like me juggle, it's going to take me a long time for them to get invested in me. There, it's going to take a long time for them to uh, take me seriously. So I hated it. And most importantly, I hated it because I wasn't comfortable with myself. I wasn't out. NXT has started, I believe, in 2010, 2011. And I came out publicly to the world in 2013. So again, the original NXT, uh, I wasn't myself. I wasn't comfortable. What NXT is now is incredible. Imagine, imagine debuting uh, right now. But again, I, 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 I really do love my experiences. Mm -hmm. I, I consider I've got to steal something from, uh, from Zack Ryder. I, he, he's still Zack to me, but he would always say that, uh, he said in an interview that WWE was like his, uh, he, his university that he graduated from. So everything that he learned from WWE, he's taken it to uh, G GCW, NWA, a plethora of other organizations, Impact, and he's utilized a platform that he that he built with WWE for good. So um, yeah, WWE was my 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 university that I graduated from, and now I'm using everything I learned whether it's wrestling, social media, uh, in-person interviews, Zooms, uh, representing New Japan like no other. Um, you know, New Japan is sacred to me, man. And I think when something's sacred to anybody, you treat it differently. It's like you take your shoes off because where you stand is holy ground. And anytime I step into a New Japan strong ring, it's holy ground. And like I said earlier, I'm much more me when I'm in a New Japan strong ring. Great, great. And off of the NXT question, I was going to ask you about the birth of the Nexus too, because that's probably the other thing you get asked about a lot too, is being part of that that big, one of the most, really one of the most noteworthy angles in the yes. history of, of Monday Night Raw, really. Yes. Um, you know, what what was that experience like? What were your thoughts about it? And how did you feel that it went that day? Again, an experience that I'll never forget, but I wasn't myself. I wasn't comfortable with myself. There's so many, uh, so many guys, there's seven or eight of us um, that are just, you know, clawing for a position. And me, I'm, I'm one of the guys in the locker room that's very calm, cool, and collected. And then when I hit the ring or when the red light's on, I just turn up, I light up, and people are like, wow, where did that come from? Well, it's not on in the back, you know. Again, I'm silent but deadly, calm, cool, and collected. So uh, other guys are more in your face and very like you know i want to do this i want to do that i'm very easy going now i've grown up a lot uh in in over 10 years i've grown up a lot uh i'm i'm, I'm much more myself now but back then it was scary it was scary it was like fear of the unknown of not wanting to mess up 
and doing interviews. I hated doing interviews because I wasn't myself. So anytime I would do wrestling interviews, even on the independence, I would deepen my voice to sound tougher and more masculine, but I don't have to do that anymore because I'm myself, which is so, so important to me or anyone that's looking to get into the industry. Just be yourself. Next question I was going to ask sort of about that time to kind of wrap that time up before WWE and WWE and even now, are there any folks who were your biggest mentors in your, uh, in your wrestling career? Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, he's one guy that when he was scouting me, he would always say in his clinics, sometimes you're going to have to eat crap and like the taste of it. And at the time I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? Eat crap and love the taste of it. Uh, but sometimes, you know, things aren't going to go the way you would like them to go. But for me, I'm easy going. I'm just happy to be living out my dream, you know. So Dr. Tom Pritchard was a huge inspiration. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, when we were uh, connected with clinics and him working with WWE, he was a big mentor of mine because I loved him as a kid. He was believable and he was just, you know, on fire, you know, when he was on fire, Ricky Steamboat, he was on fire. So Dr. Tom Pritchard, Ricky Steamboat, Fit Finley is one of my uh, favorite producers to work with in WWE because he's so believable and he's so physical. So to be able to work with his son uh, in uh, New Japan, uh, he's another bucket list uh, match. Uh, Dave, I'd love to work him. I'd love to work his son, Brogan. I was just talking to a promoter in Atlanta saying that he uses Brogan Finley. I said, you know, at this point in my career, 20 years of rock and rolling, I want to be able to work with younger talent and help elevate talent. And uh, I always said, just because moves aren't being announced doesn't mean moves aren't being made. You know, uh, always talking to WWE about what more can I do, whether it's coaching or uh, coming back to NXT because it's almost like nostalgia. It's been over 10 years since I was on NXT. Just imagine me coming to NXT with a strong openweight champion to defend it, to just come through. I don't have to stay, but right. just but but just to come through because all of everything that's going on in wrestling, you just never know. So why not be a part of that mix? Why not let me be a part of that bridge? Because really my career, I, I was always second, third, fourth. Uh, you know, I did my thing as a nexus, as a group. I did my thing as a tag team wrestler. I did my thing with Bob Backlund, make Darren Young great again. Now, New Japan strong, uh, all eyes on me. So it's time for me to get what's mine. And I would love to come through NXT to just wrestle some of the talent there. Uh, again, giving back is so important to me. So we'll see. Like I said, just because moves aren't being announced doesn't mean moves are not being made. I, I like the no the, the no limits there. Just the, the, we have a forbidden door now, and just everything is on the table for everybody because you know honestly you have to think about the fan at the end of the day. What's the fan going to want to see? And it would yes, be darn yes. it would be really darn cool if you popped in there, even if just uh, hey here I am as the champion who wants to take me on. And why uh, that, not? Why that would not? Be, that would be why tremendous. Not? I love that idea. Exactly. Um, so I'm just so I'm just putting it out there. You know, on paper, like I said, it might look kind of weird, but. Why not? Come on, you know, <laughs> over 10 years, it's not like I've 
Uh, I'm all gray. I'm overweight. I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel great. I look great. I still got a lot left in the tank. That's my line. That's my go-to line. I still have a lot left in the tank. So, you know, why not? I'm putting it out there. You mentioned it a little bit before. Uh, National Coming Out Day was earlier this month, October 11th. Uh, wanted to know kind of what coming out meant to you, what it meant for your career, and what's the best advice that you can give people who are struggling with doing it? Let me just say coming out greatly, greatly, greatly improved my performance and my well-being as an athlete because instead of worrying what others may think of me, I was really able to f fully own who I am and embrace who I am. And, you know, I'm fighting for more than just championships. You know, I'm fighting for the underdog. Uh, I call myself the people's champion, not to take anyone's line or 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 uh, character or, or any of that, but I'm calling myself the people's champion of New Japan Strong because I'm for the people. I can relate to the people. My whole block the hate movement is always, like in New York coming up, is gonna be running wild. And it's gonna be running wild because the block the hate movement is so near and dear to me. The whole motto behind the movement is in this world, we all receive hate for various reasons, but in order to be strong and successful, you got to block the hate. And at the end of the day, I want this to be the next middle finger. You know what I mean? You tell me I can't achieve my dreams because I'm overweight or I have a speech impediment. Well, you know what? Block the hate. And, you know, it's a universal message. It's not just geared to the LGBTQ movement. It's geared to all because at the end of the day, Happiness isn't just for some, it's for all. Very good. Thank you for that. Um, we're going to move to something we call the three count now. It's going to be three quick questions and your answers. Uh, so first one. And what is this? What is this? Is this rapid fire? or I Sort of, yeah. It. It's whatever we make of it. People try to change the rules of it all the time. And I'm like, this really, it's really just kind of three fun <laughs> questions that I try to tailor for, for certain people. So cool. we'll, see, we'll see how we do. Um, cool. Who did the best primetime players dance who wasn't you or Titus O'Neil and who did the worst? Uh, you mean wrestle-wise? The, uh, yeah, the, the, the primetime player dance that you did when you came out with the whatever it was. Oh, who did it worse? Who uh, did it best and who did it worst? Who did it worst was probably Michael Cole because he was wow. just offbeat. We start to the left and he was starting to the right. And yeah, like I, I felt like his knees were about to buckle. So he definitely he definitely did it the worst. Uh, who did it the best? Um, I would say Bob Backlund because Bob wow. Backlund – he made it his own, you know, uh, uh, you know, we're supposed to be in control. He was in control and he made it the best. He made it the most fun, uh, ever. Uh, so yeah, we, when we were together, the primetime players, uh, yeah, we did some backstage stuff with Bob Backlund and yeah, he did it the best. All right. Good. Second question. Uh, when was the closest thing that you've done to taking a day off in the last week? What was, what, what did that day look like? No days off. Uh, you know, I work out six days a week. Uh, the seventh day of Sunday is active rest. I'm walking, I'm hiking, I'm in the pool, I'm doing another session of yoga. So no days off because that whole saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, so if I'm laying down, if I'm horizontal all the time, you know, my body's going to stiffen up, it's going to tighten up, and I won't be able to perform at my best. And, 
you know, I'll rest when I'm six feet under, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be 39 November 2nd. So time is not on my side, my man. Time is not on my side. Time don't like me. Time don't like us. So if I've got to do anything, I've got to do it now. Very good. And the last question, I, I saw this on another interview that you'd done, so I was thinking about it. When uh, when you talk to pro wrestlers, a lot of times they always do the voices. Who is your best impersonation of another wrestler? Well, I did Vincent Mann earlier, but you know, who does this sound like? You know, you know, I'm just I'm just living a dream here. You know, welcome back WWE. It's great. It's great to be back here. Right now, I'm doing John Laurinaitis because, you know, that's how he talks. So did you get that or were you kind of confused? But that's that's how John Laurinaitis talks. I'm, I'm just living a dream. What's that one that he did? If you got it, get it. If you didn't get it, look it up or whatever. That's the one that he did from the from the WXO from about 1992 or whatever that was. I lo always loved listening yeah. to that interview. Uh, but yeah, I think I Cena remember. made fun of it on the air once, too, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Uh, well, Fred, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with everything you've got coming up with the Japan. So impressed with all you've been able to accomplish. And uh, thanks so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Like I said, don't die with the story and you tell it. And thank you for letting me tell it. Block the hate. Salute the great. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Fred Rosser from New Japan Pro Wrestling for joining me today. I'd also like to thank Farbad Esnahari and Jeremy Marcus from New Japan Pro Wrestling, as well as Michael Lombardi from Northeast Wrestling for their assistance. I hope you'll join me next week where my guest is the first ever two-time guest of this program, the co-executive producer of Tales from the Territories on Vice and the co-executive producer of Young Rock on NBC, the talented Brian Gortz. So happy Brian joined us once again. He's got some very cool projects in the works, and I know a lot of people really enjoyed his first appearance he was on the show. So thanks again, everybody, and have a great week. <laughs>